Welcome to the Oscar Central Podcast. I'm Lex, I'm your host, and I'm joined today by two of our um, favorite Oscar Central girlies, Kinsey and Nicole, as well as a special guest, Jessa. Uh, Nicole, how are you doing? I'm doing great. <laughs> great. I'm, um, I'm, I'm really excited for this topic because we're going to talk about one of my favorite types of movies. And I know that I'm like alone in this being one of my favorite types, probably, but I'm very excited. Awesome. Um, Kinsey, how are you? I, I'm good. I'm struggling with Passover, but the thing is, it's almost over, and I can have my sweet tart ropes sponsored by Jillian. I'm just kidding. We don't have sponsorships here. We don't, because if we did, we our name wouldn't be what it is. Um, we'd like to make that abundantly clear every week. Um, I tell you, I got up at 5 a.m. for sunrise service to go to a church that um my family does not even belong to, and we were the only attendees there, so that was fun. Um, but we are really excited to be joined um, by a special guest, Jessa. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Of course. Um, Jessa, why don't you take, not to put you on the spot, um, mm-hmm. this literally can be so low-key, um, but why don't <laughs> you take a second to kind of um, just introduce yourself to the listeners and tell us a little bit about you. Sure. Um, my name is Jessa. I am kind of new to learning more about film criticism, but I've loved movies for as long as I can remember. I think I've really started to love the idea of making movies and the craft behind it around like the Grand Budapest Hotel. So that's personally one of my favorite movies of all time for that reason, which was like, what, 2014 or something like that. And after I graduated college, I didn't really have a lot of things to do during the day. I had a weird job where I was working weird hours and I'm like, why don't I just go to the movies? Like it's a totally normal thing to go by yourself. You can't talk or do anything during them anyway. So might as well just do that. Um, And so I really started getting into them. I loved being able to go to different kinds of movies besides blockbusters. And I've just kind of started slowly talking about it online. Uh, I have a little YouTube channel, but then I also just like to talk about it online, see what other people are saying too. And yeah, it's just, I've fallen in love with so many different kinds of movies through just exploring them when I didn't really have anything else to do. So yeah. I love a good middle of the day movie during the week. So I'm obsessed with that introduction into them. Yeah, it's really interesting, especially when you go to like a kid's movie at like 11 (laughs) o'clock in the morning, expecting it to be no one there and it's just a bunch of children. So, yeah. (laughs) I will never forget. There was a time when I was um, unemployed for a while and I would go to a lot of movies early in the day and it would be like me and a bunch of old people. And there would be times where I'd look around in the movie and I'd be like, oh, I'm the only person awake in this theater. (laughs) I also feel like a film with the retirees. I feel like there's no rules when you go to a movie theater in the middle of the day on a weekday. Like, it's just, like, chaos reigns. Like, there are no rules. Like, it is so different. Yep. Like, nighttime (laughs) movies. Like, it's really wild. Um, I think everybody's favorite kids movie of the weekend was uh, Lex's favorite movie she saw. My favorite movie of the decade, uh, (laughs) Mario Smash Brothers. Um, starring, you know, my just absolute favorite person, Chris uh, Pratt. Um, no, I mean, that is a good segue to like getting into like what we have seen this week. Um, I obviously saw Mario. Um, I saw it at like Thursday night and I didn't really want to be going to the movies at the hour that I went to. 
I was like, ah, this is a light 90 minutes. This will be fine. And it's, I, 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 it's a miracle I didn't doze off. Um, cause I was really tired that day, you know, Jack Black singing about princess peach though, like revived my soul. Like I downloaded that on Spotify. I was like, this is, this song is fantastic. I will take, it's, if you <laughs> open Spotify, like I haven't even listened to it, but if you open Spotify, it's like the default song. I'm like, yeah. y'all need to chill, but yeah. I guess it's good. Uh, song of the year, um, <laughs> by Bowser. Um, no, as someone who literally named her dog after, um, jack black's character in school of rock like i will take jack black singing in any movie um i listen mario's fine like it's fine i i really don't get why the internet is on fire um the internet has been in a weird on it just amazed me that like we had a president get arrested this week and everyone's like but mario like it just that's far it just is amazing to me um yeah it's a kid's movie it's a kid's movie I don't like I really don't know like I don't know what to tell you if if you went to Mario and you're like one of those people that thought it was the best thing you ever saw then truly I mean it when I say good for you truly but like people who are just like seem to be angry that it was bad I'm like it's a kid it's a kid's movie like I'm not gonna show up to the Barney movie and be like why was I not moved by this because (laughs) I wasn't in the Democratic that's why it's so crazy that everybody yelled I think it was Matt Singer or somebody everybody yelled at him for like writing about how there's been like no kids movies since Puss in Boots too and it's true and I'm like the thing is I know a lot of people who took their kids three to four times this weekend to see Mario because they were like (gasps) we need to see something new and like kids hyper fixate I mean the way I do about Keanu Reeves is the way kids are about new movies <laughs> but like I like there was a mark there's a need for it and like I'm sorry but like parents and I say this as a parent like I don't think Daisy I mean she's 18 months but like I don't think a five-year-old is like mm, there's no historical arc in this film that is enticing me to see a deeper meaning no you know what they want to see Rainbow Road that's all they give a shit about when they're watching yeah. Mario like, I feel like it's great that they they were like, you know what? Let's focus on the kids. Like, they did and, that. And yeah. watching Jack Black and Anya Taylor-Joy on a red carpet being interviewed by kids. I could watch that forever. Jack Black, like, really thinking about, like, his answers. I was like, yes. We, did you see the one where this. that kid, like, roast him? He's like, so you've not been in a movie in a minute. And he He's was like, like uh, yeah, the last movie last I was in was Jumanji. And the kid's like okay and why what have you been doing and i'm like they're never gonna let kids on the red carpet again jack black went on the red carpet and asked why did they kill the heavy metal guy from stranger things and i was like you i knew i loved you he spent his time in between movies watching stuff and we love him for that we love him for and making weird ass tiktoks of him in a Dancing you know around. who didn't like Anya, or you know who didn't like Anna de Armas and Blonde? Jack, Jack Black. Black. Take that, Colin Farrell. We here at Oscar Central <laughs> are slapping our knees. <laughs> we are slapping, slapping me knees, clapping me hands for Jack Black. Um, I also watched Spree today, which was a really good Easter watch. Really what a good. film. Got up at five a.m. to go to church. Who leaves watch. church and watches Spree? Yep. I was Le- that's Lex's entire personality right there. That's me. Um, typical movie. Everyone I'm else is like, 
everyone else is like i watched silence i watched this movie about faith and you're like i watched passion of the christ and i'm like i watched spree um i don't know what's weird is like i don't know something about getting up at 5 a.m just made me want to watch spree um i just love that movie i love that movie so much it's so funny it's so funny Joe Carey's performance is fantastic in it, but so is I wish I knew the kid, his real name, but it's so what up, I'm Jared, and I never knew learned how to read kid. He's very funny in it. David Arquette is great. That movie is just so, so funny. And I think does a better job. I, here's my thing with Spray. This is this is all I really want to say about it. Is that <laughs> I love the original four screen movies. Spree is doing what the new screams think they're doing in terms of social. That is very true. It's, it's got David Arquette, it's got a serial killer, and it's making social commentary on, like, social media culture in a much more, in a bu- much better way than the um, new Scream movies. That's my hot take. I Anyways, uh, uh, I was about to say Jillian, but she's not here. Uh, <laughs> what have you been watching? Uh, I watched How to Blow Up a Pipeline, which is really good I just did not care for the performances at all um I have a lot of notes on that um and then I saw Air which besides being the worst theatrical experience I've had in maybe five years like I don't know what that movie is doing to people because Jillian was like people are acting like this is endgame and I was like what are you talking about and then I went and my god like the guy next to me had a pizza like a full pizza okay um he had nachos from the movie theater and he also had this like cinnamon popcorn and I was like I don't think we need all this the movie is like 90 minutes long like what is going on here um and then just seeing Ben Affleck's feet is a big no for me like I don't need to see celebrities feet like I know that Phil was constantly shoeless but like I don't need to see them um but Jason Bateman is so hot. Like, I got really distracted watching this movie. Um, I was like, hair, body, face was written about Jason Bateman. Um, but I didn't really love it. Um, I see why people really like Air. It is just not a movie for me. Um, I watched something else on Tuesday, and I can't remember, so it's probably not important. Was it a John Luke movie? It wasn't, but while I was in the <laughs> office alone all week and I literally watched John Wick one through three again, like on my second monitor, and I did not get a lot of work done, is the end of that story. Um, oh, you know what? I did watch um I watched um The Devil's Advocate again, and um yes. He is bad in that movie, but the point is we need more movies that are courtroom dramas that are secretly horror movies about the devil. Um, I don't think there's enough of that genre. Like, I think we need more. Lex, do you ever uh, think maybe some lawyer you're talking to is possibly the devil? Yes. See, it's a very good trope. I can tell you 10 kids that graduated from my kids, 10 people that graduated from my law school who are probably the devil. See, great trope. I think we need more of them. I'll write it. Please do. And uh, maybe cast Keanu Reeves in a redeeming role. Like he can Keanu Reeves will be the lawyer that isn't possessed by the devil. 
and Joe Carey will be the devil, <laughs> or the one that is possessed by the devil, and I'll be, and I'll also direct it. And I'm like, I literally just want you to play the character you played in Spray. I like this. I love that. I like this. Mm-hmm. Um, very into it. Kurt, uh, Kurt Kunkel comes back from the dead and goes to law school. <laughs> Wait, I no. would watch it. This is it. This is the film. <laughs> It's gonna win me an Oscar. Is it called This Is It? <laughs> yeah. Man. And that is how cinema is born. Um, Nicole, what this is how Mario was conceived. No, I think there are probably drugs involved in that. <laughs> Not for Charlie Day. Is what no, I think when Mario was conceived, it was like very vanilla. Anyway, Nicole, what were you watching this week? So I actually have seen a lot this week, so I'm gonna like blow through it pretty quickly. Um, in the theater, I also saw Air. It's a movie. Um, Does it I pass also... the Harry Styles test? Yes or no? No, no, see? because I did not need to see that in the movie theater. Um, it. I also like honestly one of my main takeaways was like, please, dear God, I didn't want to see Ben Affleck's feet that much, and also frankly, like. I will admit freely that it's the kind of movie that I was always going to have trouble caring about. And like Matt Damon was the last person on earth who could make me care about that story. Um, It really does sort of feel to me like it's one of those movies that's completely centered around the wrong character Um, because Matt Damon's character is the least interesting man in that entire story. And they said, what if we made him the main character? Um, I also went to see Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, which I actually really loved. Like, it's not a great film, but it is a movie movie. And listen, so Chris Pine was great. Air does not pass Harry Styles' test. Yeah, but Dungeons, Dungeons and, and Dragons, Dragons does. does. I love yeah. this. I love Um, They're definitely going to get a sequel to it because I went, and it's been out for like a little while already, and literally the theater was packed. Like, there wasn't an empty seat in my theater. Um, so I think it's definitely selling well enough that they'll probably get greenlit for a sequel. And like, frankly, I will go see it. Like, I look forward to it. Um, I thought it was fun. I thought there were a lot of hot people and it knew exactly what I wanted from it. Um, in other news, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, Lex and I have recently launched a new special series on Oscar Central called Best Picture Rewind. So I've been watching some previous Best Picture winners and also like some films to go along with talking about previous Best Picture winners. So I watched Brokeback Mountain for the first time, which I had never seen. Uh, and I fell in love with it. But also I did not know David Harbour was in that film and he appeared on screen and I accidentally threw a ruler off of my desk that I was sitting at um, and my dog ran away with it. So that was fascinating. Um, I also watched, let's see, I watched Out of Africa, which I thought would never end. Um, I saw that yeah. in theaters um, at, with a double feature and I could not tell you what the second movie was because I left. I yeah. literally was like, why would you ever make this a double feature? Why would okay, they literally ever get back in theaters? We have so many questions about that. I also watched um, John Wick for the first time. And I actually was like really into it, which action movies are like not normally my thing, especially like that kind of action. Like whenever I like action, it tends to either be like a war film or like fantasy action. But I was really into it. I will be watching John Wick 2 and 3 and 4 uh love that speaking of Keanu Reeves I did rewatch Always Be My Baby um which is one of the greatest uses of Keanu Reeves in a movie ever and also Netflix get back on getting us new good rom-coms and I also watched Tetris 
so it's been it's been a big week um i also rewatched 12 years of slave for best picture rewind um which is a great film um and it seemed even greater after watching out of africa <laughs> um because i followed up with that and truly i think anything that i watched after out of africa was gonna seem amazing um but yeah it was a big week and you know some of those were good and some of those were not and one of those was air and do you ever just wonder like why people get funding to make a movie because i do <laughs> yeah i i will say like i wrote a paper on like the founding of nike not air jordan just nike in general yeah. and i was like really shocked by how inspiring like phil's story was okay i would have but, much like, rather have had the movie about phil's story the thing or is, though a movie that centered michael jordan yeah i think story. it's just weird that like michael jordan isn't like spoiler yep. isn't involved in the yep. movie or the plot itself i yep. do like the idea of like it being about his mom because like from what i know about michael jordan because my husband's a huge fan um like his mother is very important and like he always like uses his mom as part of like why he's successful but yeah. i'm like it's also just so funny to watch like a movie where it's like we want the athletes to make the money and i'm like what like what like now it's like the opposite where i feel like you need like uh, not corporations but like it's like athletes make so much money but i guess it's like yep. obviously it's the catalyst of it but it's just like, I don't know. I'm having a, like, everyone was like, this is the movie that's inspiring, that makes you want to do things. And I'm like, we're talking about billionaires here. Like, I don't care. I don't know. Like, like not to be that bitch, but like, capitalism does not inspire me. Like yeah. Like, it was very weird that when I was like, because I saw this movie so late. Um, it was just very weird that I had seen all these tweets like, this is so inspiring. And I was like, what? Like, I don't I don't know it's it's very weird um but Jason I had the Bateman, same experience Jason Bateman yeah. um if we're gonna make this an Oscar movie he has a clip I am just saying he does he does he does and uh I'm not gonna lie to y'all when I'm I can say this because my husband does not listen to our podcast um when he was like <laughs> I'm single I was like you are like, <laughs> like <laughs> I love that for you yeah I definitely stopped paying attention and then they stole snacks and I thought that was a really funny bit and then the movie was never funny again yep yep I will say though when they made a joke about him not running I was like okay and then it never happened again and then he was trying to run at the end and he was like fuck this I was like you can't make me relate to Matt Damon it's literally not possible um but <laughs> bravo bravo for Christmasina though, because he's always been my favorite Chris, and I was like very excited to see him again because I really haven't seen him in that much since the Mindy Project. Like what, I Birds of Prey? I loved him in the Mindy Project. He was great. He was great in the Mindy Project. I'm not a rom com person, but that their relationship was so everything mm -hmm. to me. Everything, everything, everywhere, all at once is about them to me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um jessa what have you seen this week sorry so, to interrupt you but wouldn't it be hilarious so she's like air is the best movie i've ever seen <laughs> it would be so funny <laughs> i still have yet to see that i'm very excited for it just because i'm i don't know it just it's intriguing to me um but i have also seen 
uh, Mario this week. I went to try to see it yesterday. I wanted to see it at like 7.15, but then the small theater I went to was like, okay, 7.15 is sold out. 7.30 is sold out. Like, and it kept getting sold out. So I'm like, I'm still going to see it today. That is my goal for today. So I saw it at like 9.30, which was like the latest I've been to a movie in forever. And so like half of the theater was like little kids and the other half was like, super big like video game fans and I've played Mario I think it's fun but it was just such an interesting experience hearing like the tiny little kids that are you know it's like 10 o'clock at night they're tired they're like kind of yelling and then the the dude bros that are like this isn't happening in the video games and I'm like it's Mario um and then what else I've also saw I saw Nowhere Boy this week as well because I was telling my boyfriend about what we were talking about today and he's like oh we should watch this one I really like this one and so I saw Nowhere Boy with Aaron Taylor Johnson about John Lennon and it was very nice I very much liked it that's awesome I've been wanting to see that one mm-hmm. um but awesome so getting to the kind of theme of the episode um this week's episode in honor of John Wick chapter four is based off of biopics um <laughs> Thank you for that. Kenzie. Sorry. <laughs> um, but we are going to say our top three, but to keep things interesting, we're gonna go around in a circle one at a time and say just one. Um, I will go first so that nobody can claim <laughs> my favorite, but also even though I threatened everyone on this podcast that if they said my favorite, um, I would wreak hellfire upon everyone. Um, but my favorite biopic is what's love got to do with it. Um, that is where my, mm, that's not true. My, my love affair with Angela Bassett started with Aquila and the Bee, actually, um, which is a great movie. Um, in sixth grade, I like memorized that entire movie. And there's this scene where Lawrence Fishburne is like, can you spell prestidigitation? And I learned how to spell prestidigitation was like, look at my party skill. Um, but (laughs) that is what started. And that's why I had a ton of friends in middle school. Um, but that's what started my kind of like path with Angela Bassett. And I've always been a huge Angela Bassett fan. And weirdly enough, my mom was like, if you love Angela Bassett, you really got to watch what's love got to do with it. And I also really love Tina Turner. So I was like, well, this sounds like my kind of film. And I watched it on Valentine's Day when I was in law school. And it's not really a Valentine's Day film. Um, but if you're single, then who cares? And so um, I door-dashed myself some sushi and watched it. And I was like, this is, Angela Bassett is the most incredible woman that's ever graced this planet. She is a goddess. I will follow her anywhere. Um, She deserves the world. She deserved an Oscar for that performance. Um, She was nominated, but she didn't win. And that is my villain origin story. Um, If she had won, then she still would have done the thing um this year but she at least would have done the thing as an oscar winner and it makes me mad that she didn't um but yes that is my all-time favorite biopic i love that answer i love her in that movie it's probably one of my favorite biopic performances ever she's just so incredible in it she's so and like watching having seen clips obviously like i wasn't alive during tina turner's heyday (laughs) but having seen clips of it the way she perfectly emanates the like her mannerisms like it's a true transformative performance it's it's so i mean obviously the like 
makeup and hair that they have on her. She looks like a spitting image of Tina Turner, but like the way she performs, if you watch it side by side comparison with some of those um, early Tina Turner performances, it just, it's spot on. Like it's so, it's so well done. And it's a very difficult story to tell, I think. Um, and But I think it handles the subject matter well. Um, it, I don't, it doesn't, what I would, what I get like worried for when it comes to like those sort of biopics of like, we're dealing with a particular public figure, but then we're dealing with another public figure, you know, like Ike Turner, who's got this problematic past. And I feel like a lot of times movies try to romanticize of like, yeah, but we, we still love Ike Turner. And it's like, no, this does not, he's not one you root for in that movie. Um, and so I just, I thought it handled the subject matter well. Um, but yeah, those are, that's my favorite. Um, Jessa, what's your favorite? So I think this one with, I know it's a little, like they definitely clean up some images in it, but one of my favorites is Saving Mr. Banks, which tells the story of P.L. Travers and Walt Disney kind of trying, like two weeks, they're working together so Walt can get the rights for Mary Poppins to make Mary Poppins since she's the original author. And it flashes back and forth between like her life and the two weeks that she's working with Walt Disney and the Sherman brothers. And I know it's made by Disney, so they're going to make people like Disney look a little bit better and things are fixed in it. But it's just something about those flashback scenes with Colin Farrell as her father that really, especially like watching Mary Poppins as a young child, not, you know, it's just fun and whimsy, but learning more about who the characters are besides just Mary Poppins through what her childhood was like was just something that I've really grasped on and held on to through every time that I watch it. It's just something I fall in love with like every single time. And it's mostly because of Colin Farrell as the father, but then also I think Emma Thompson is great as a, as the modern day uh, P.L. Travers. She's kind of, you know, played off to be a little bit pretentious and just like very like particular about everything. But I also really like that because it shows that she's not just willing to give up her characters based on her life and her family's life to some big corporation just because she's running kind of low on money. Um, and so that's why I always pull to it as well. I'm like, you want to stick with what you truly believe in and why these people matter to you. And so it's really interesting viewing something as a child and then looking at the background story of it through this lens of how it came to be. And so I've always just loved Saving Mr. Banks, despite it definitely playing in Walt's favor when you have Tom Hanks as Walt Disney, kind of hard not to just immediately fall in love too. So that is such a good pick. I love Andrew. that film. That's also a fun fact, the film that like really made me fall in love with Colin Farrell, um, <laughs> which we can talk about the fact that it took me seeing him play a dad to make that happen. But um, he's a hot dad in that movie. He's such a hot dad. He's a real hot he's dad. He's a hot mess of a dad, but he's a hot dad. Mm -hmm. um, but that's such a good pick. That's oh, man. great. The cinematography in that movie is so, it like makes me, it's that over romanticization of, like the golden years of Hollywood and it just yep. that scene where she's watching the, like and this is I like read because Mary Poppins is the movie that like made me get into movies when I was a kid um and so I read up on like the historical accuracies of that movie and like you said like it, it really does play to Walt's favor way more than like what actually happened but 
even though this isn't necessarily what happened in real life, like the scene where she's watching it and she starts crying and he leans over and he's like, Mr. Banks is going to be okay. Like, oh, gets me. <laughs> yep. Gets me every time. That scene in the movie that she's watching makes me cry every time when he walks back <laughs> and he knows he's getting fired and he looks over at the bird lady and she's not there and he realizes he needs a friend in that moment and he doesn't even have the freaking bird lady. Makes me cry every time. <laughs> that was the funniest thing because Jessa was like, my pick is sit and you both were like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) i don't even i don't i'm gonna be real like that did not even cross my mind but like such a good pick for this because it literally didn't cross my mind but it's like such a good example a great one that's what i was thinking i'm like is it i'm like it kind of it's like it's like focusing on a person but like it's not like i guess because when i think of biopics I think you know of like Elvis where you see like their entire life or you know yeah. like Bohemian Rhapsody you see their entire life just name like two mo- more recent ones and so I'm like but is it though I'm like I don't think it still is I'm like because it's still biographical telling kind of what happened and I'm like it, it just gets me every time I honestly think most of the time and there are exceptions to this but I think that those sort of like you know biopics that focus on like a specific time period in someone's life or like do a time period and then give you flashbacks work so much better for me mm-hmm. than the like cradle to grave ones mm-hmm. obviously with exceptions Elvis being one of them mm-hmm. but <laughs> yeah um no for sure that's uh you said you set the bar high Jessa set the bar <laughs> yeah yeah um, we'll see we'll see if you can top your already very high bar that you've set um but nicole what is your number one yeah um so this is hard because biopics are like one of my favorite genres but i ultimately had to go with um the movie of my heart mary queen of scots directed by josie rook uh anyone who knows me in like the 2018 2019 era when this film came out um knows that I made this movie my entire personality for like a solid 18 months um and I will admit that I have some like personal biases involved with this film because a Mary Queen of Scots is like my favorite historical figure and b it was directed by Josie Rook who was the artistic director of the Donmar Warehouse where I interned for six months while she was finishing up making this movie um so the first time I saw it I saw it like at Focus um was it Focus Features or was it the studio I can't remember um in London and I got to see like an early screening while it was still in progress um but I really like the way that this movie like approaches the character of Mary Stewart I really like the way that it approaches the character of Elizabeth the first it's my favorite on film depiction of Elizabeth the first and still my favorite Margot Robbie performance because I think that she is stunning in this and doing something quite different than what we typically see her do um no Brooklyn accent in sight um and I this entire like the cast in this film is insane like Joe like Jack Loudon Joe Alwyn um David Tennant as John Knox in this film I literally think about at least once a week um it is just filled I mean Jim Chan is in it like and it's it's got such a cool approach to the period and I just absolutely love it. And I think it does a really good job of sort of playing with what we know of the history while also sort of being inventive, especially whenever you have a figure like this that's like further back in history. So like we don't actually know as much about them. Um, I think, you know, gives a director the chance to do something quite fun um, with a biopic. And it's it's good to see someone take it. So, yeah, that's that's my movie. Great. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was waiting on like to say something. Sorry. <laughs> I really love Margot Robbie in this movie so much. I right? agree. It's something like she doesn't normally do and obviously I appreciate her not being from New Jersey yeah (laughs) Um, like you're not Tony Soprano I'm so sorry (laughs) also the makeup on her in this film with like the progression of the smallpox and the scarring of it is some of the coolest makeup work I've ever seen in a film yeah it's really great Um, such a Nicole pick I'll be honest I've not seen that movie so i, I genuinely can't believe you haven't like i've never i know watched it. well because i love so many people involved i love i don't know if we've ever established that i fucking love david tennant okay almost anything he's in this is my favorite david tennant role of all time and i was like a david tennant doctor who girly back in high school so like i yes i listen there is a photo of me i'll have to text my sophomore year roommate of me <laughs> i didn't i'd never seen doctor who Oh my um, god. And I show up to college and everybody and their mother is like, you look like a Doctor Who fan. I'm like, well, we can talk about what that means. Um, but <laughs> um, then I got into Doctor Who and I was like, oh shit, this is our, this this there's a reason everybody said that yep, now yep. I will say I never went back after Matt Smith left. Um, but okay, I okay. want to catch up because there's been like that's um, who I forgot on my is he hot poles is Matt Smith because everyone yeah. yells at me that he is not hot and he one thousand percent is. Matt Smith, what, from what I've seen, was my second favorite doctor. Um, mm-hmm. But there's a video of me um, or a photo of me watching the episode where Rose and the doctor get oh. separated. And I'm literally, you would think that I just witnessed a murder. <laughs> like, my screaming so loudly in a sorority house. It's a, it's a weird photo, but I'm screaming at Doctor Who in a sorority house. Okay, like, genuinely, the next time you're at my house, I'm making you watch it with me okay um the entire time be like when does David Tennant show listen I loved David Tennant and he was in Broadchurch right Mm -hmm. loved Broadchurch and I got so invested in Broadchurch I bought a VPN to keep up with it and I loved Broadchurch Broadchurch is so good but that is how I discovered Olivia Coleman. that is one of my favorite Olivia Coleman and that is one of the best Olivia Coleman performances Okay, David Tennant and Mary Queen of Scots is on another level, though, because he's playing John Knox, who's, like, this insanely Puritan, like, Protestant minister. Um, what is up with David Tennant playing clergyman? Yeah, and he has, like, the most aggressively Scottish accent you've ever heard. There's this whole year where he's like, a woman cannot rule. And it's like, he doesn't even sound like he's speaking English at one point, because I'm like, my my buddy, like, this accent, it's out of control um but no it's also oh my god i can't think of his name brendan coyle the guy who played mr bates and doubt nabby is in it oh yeah um yeah it's it's a good time i think you would like it i'm i'll have to watch it um but maybe hopefully listen i've not i've not seen mary queen scots but i have seen saving mr banks multiple times um <laughs> so maybe uh kenzie will balance it out kenzie what is your number one slash okay. I, already think I know but you go ahead do you Mm. well so like i know one that's almost certainly in your top three i wonder i don't know if it's gonna be your number one okay so my number one is definitely jackie starring my queen my oscar Mm. winner that season natalie portman um i always make this joke that i'm really into elevated biopics like nicole was talking about i love a biopic that's like focused on two to three weeks or 
like a segment of their life versus their entire life. I personally don't even like a biopic that has flashbacks. I want it set in a weekend. And you know what makes a biopic even better? Billy Crudup. Um, I love Jackie so much. I will never forget seeing it in a theater. I saw it at the Dome on film. Darren Aronofsky was there to introduce it when he was still in my good fortune, not in my doghouse. Um, but I just think that movie is so great because it does what I love in a biopic, which is it is obviously fantasy. It is not in any way, shape, or form saying this is exactly what happened. And it's kind of like peeling back a curtain on someone we don't know a lot about because obviously Jackie Kennedy, Onassis, is someone we all think we really know because she's such a public figure. But like we really didn't know that much about her as a person. We only knew about like the persona and like who like tabloids honestly made her out to be. And obviously she had such a traumatic life, not even just what the movie focuses on with um JFK, but just everything that happened to her life even after. Um, but I love the performances in that movie. Natalie Portman is unreal and it's not an imitation. It is just so like grounded in reality, but also at the same time, like uncanny. And then Peter Sarsgaard being her Bobby is just next level. They have great chemistry and they really play into that. Like, are they, or aren't they? And I obviously love that in a movie version of Jackie and Bobby. Um, and I think we've seen so many Jacqueline Kennedys over the years be off to the side, not the center. And I think that movie really just like, even though they show so many horrible things that happen to like her husband, who was always the star of the show, that movie really like allows her to always be the focus of every frame, even if Jack is in the frame. Um, and as someone who really loves like 50s, 60s and 70s, like fashion, um, the costume design in that film is unreal and to pull things out of the Smithsonian to like get a good look at replicating is unbelievable and I love like the graininess of that film and the score is just un it's insane it's otherworldly but I really think that film does a great job of like capturing how unnerving that time must have been for her and um Greta Gerwig hello we love um, but I really love that movie and I think it's just so upfront with not being reality, but still being really respectful of not only the memory of Jacqueline Kennedy, but the person that she was. It is not like um blonde where it disrespects her in any way. Like it starts out that it's not true and then it just continues to respect her while still making things up or whatever they're doing. But I think that's the best way to pursue a biopic. And I love the short span of time it covers. And the things that they replicated on such a budget is absolutely insane. And I can't wait for Pablo Laurent and Angelina Jolie to partner to give me a trilogy in um, this beautiful lineup of films he's done so far. But yeah, that's definitely my number one. And I really have a hard time ever thinking it'll be surpassed because unlike nicole i'm not a biopic girly i literally run the other way from them so yeah i'm the same way <laughs> like um. i cannot i don't know what it is i feel like i feel like maybe i feel like some people and it's obviously not everyone i feel like some people are like restrained by like 
are we staying true to life? Are we doing things? And that's why like Saving Mr. Banks is such a good example because it is not what you think of. And I'm so upset. I didn't even think of that one. Cause that is so I'm upset good. I didn't think of that one. I literally am not going to get over it. It's such a good one. That was a good, good thing. It's just downhill from here. It is downhill. <laughs> that is literally like what you need to do with a biopic is like you need to make it something that is like not suspected. Mm-hmm. And wow. You know what wow. I found from Saving Mr. Banks? Because if we want to talk about not expected, um, there were literally um, fan fictions online between Yale Travers and Paul Giamatti's character, the driver. Iconic. There were literally fan fictions about the two of them. I like um, that Oscar Central is gonna be like Yeah, Oscar should, Central you know listen, we when do? we get sued for um when we get sued by the Academy, like we've been told <laughs> multiple times we will, um, we'll just change our name to fan fiction central. <laughs> you know what though? Cause isn't fanfic net going down? We can just get there. We'll call them. I'll ask if we can just you buy can the just domain off the- them. <laughs> um no but jackie is so good um that scene i agree the costume design the production design of that film is fantastic that scene after the assassination where she's covered in blood and she is just like having a panic attack that's some of the best acting yeah ever. that that movie's so good you know like it's so interesting i think jackie kennedy's such an interesting historical figure and like one of my favorite episodes of The Crown is actually the Jackie Kennedy episode. Yes, I was it. thinking so about well that episode. And um, I recently rewatched The Crown when the new season came out. I like rewatched all of it before the new season, and that episode came on. I was like, it just I don't know everything. Everything is better when you just get when you allow Jackie Kennedy to like be, be the person? odd person, but still human person that she was. It's just. A plus. Um, man, we're we've got we we have set the bar with our number ones. So let's go in for round two and see it how that plays out. I Wouldn't don't know. it be hilarious if we all just said Saving Mr. Bank? All right, round two. My second favorite saving Mr. Bank. No, I'm kidding. Um, my second favorite spree. No, I'm also kidding. <laughs> John McFour. John McFour, Spree, Geppetto, Super and Mario's. Twilight. <laughs> Every movie is a biopic if you think of it as a biopic of a fictional character. Um, that's a good bar to set. Anyway, round two, ding ding, it's a show, it's a showdown. Um, my celebrity, celebrity death match. It's Emma Stone and Lava <laughs> I'm dead. That's a biopic of a rising star. Um, anyway. Um, okay, so my second favorite biopic, and here's the thing, this is one of those that you can go back and forth over whether or not it's a biopic, whether or not it's a bio musical. Um, but I'm gonna say Funny Girl. Okay. Um, okay. Because Fanny Bryce was a real person and she really did have a um turbulent affair with Nikki Armstein. Arnstein. Um, I can speak. Um, no, I it, Were it's you thinking of the song as the Leah Michelle version when you said that? Because that is very similar to the way that she enunciates it. Um, <laughs> do you want to know something like really sad? We are never thinking of the Leah Michelle version. Thank no, you. I actually because the Glee think, version. Yeah, the Glee ver- the, the original. Glee, I will never I will not touch the cast album. No. No. She didn't deserve to be on that cast album. The Glee regional sectionals, whatever, where yes. she 
yes. whoops out of that curtain and Mr. Shoe's on the phone. He's not at, and he starts crying and she sits in the judge's lap and is like, your turn at bad sir. It's so, yes. No, that, um. Wait, side note. Um, I saw someone say that, you know, the Daisy Jones and the Six song that's like, I put the man in the moon or whatever. Uh-huh. Someone was like, this is a song by Will Schuster. You can't convince me otherwise. <laughs> I want to see Matthew Morrison play um, Billy Dunn. I don't. <laughs> he auditioned. He probably did. No, Matthew Morrison probably had the role. And then he texted that, so you think you can dance dancer at midnight asking, can I get your number? And they fired him. What kills me about that? The way he's like, I have nothing to hide. I just sent an ambiguous text at midnight. Um, No, anyways, I love funny girl. Um, <laughs> That's that's the point that I'm trying to make. No, I, it's this weird thing. Cause like, I'm, you know, kind of known for being a theater kid um there's this period of Broadway um between like the 60s and 70s where I feel like there was like a lot of musicals that came out of that time that we still regard very highly that just don't sit with me uh for no particular reason other than like they just aren't my style but the exception being funny girl um and I guess Sweeney Todd because that came out in the 70s but I love 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 that musical I love the music in it I am not really a Barbara Streisand girl either but I love Barbara Streisand in it um the movie has a song that Leah Michelle did sing on um Glee and frankly I think she did a better job with this than she did um Don't Rain on My Parade where my man great song I have cried to that song thinking about many a celebrity crush I've heard um, you sing that about a certain celebrity oh, crush yeah times. yeah um yeah. Listen, I when I watched when Barry came out Barry was literally killing people and I was like oh my man I love him so like it's like <laughs> this whole uh yeah no um never use that song for a real man I'll edit that out no I won't <laughs> but anyways uh no I just I love Funny Girl because I just think that there's some there's the way that it kind of approaches like I don't know not to say that like I'm a funny girl I'm not gonna say that because I'm not gonna say that I'm a funny person but there is kind of I will say it thank you I wasn't fishing but it is kind of this thing where it's like that last song she sings about kind of like the funny girl will make you laugh, but never gets the guy in the end. I'm like, 16-year-old me saw that. I was like, Ooh. Well, uh, 14-year-old Kinsey decided to watch that and follow it up with um, The Way We Were with Ooh. Barbara. Oh, God. And, yeah, and then I was like, wow, I'm depressed for the rest of my life. Yeah. yeah. It's literally like the same kind of ending, but like they try to pass it off as like, girl power and I'm like no it's not it's not at all it's Mm -hmm. the opposite god the way I forgot about that movie um but no I you know what did it for me was stupid Sarah Jessica Parker bringing up Katie with her curly hair on Sex in the City I was watching it for the first time and she brought it up and I was like I've never seen that and my mom was like oh my god it's a classic you should watch it and I was like, okay. And then I did a double feature and then I cried for days. And my mom was like, I, you, I didn't tell you to watch the back to back. Oh, 
I I saw Funny Girl last summer um, with Nicole. Back when Beating Feldstein was in it, we wouldn't have seen it with Leah Michelle. Now, my yeah. mom saw it with Leah Michelle and said she was very good. Um, but I know a bunch of people who have seen it with Leah Michelle and said she was great. I'm, I'm sure like, she I, was. I would but... not let my money go to that woman's pocket. Um, well, I'm I'm too late. Uh, Glee Cast was in my top five most played Spotify artists last um, year. I bought, I purchased Glee music on iTunes. Okay, I, purchased. I spent money. It, I've I've given. I've already given. It wasn't streams. Money. It was coins. It was not Kim Kardashian Hollywood money. It was real money. Kim Kardashian Hollywood, great game. You made it to the A list. Um. <laughs> But no, I, well, and so what's weird though, is like, I, I knew the movie well, right? And the entire time we were in the show, I was like, just wait, she's going to sing my man and it's going to be great. And then we leave the show and I was like, the fuck she didn't sing my man. <laughs> you're that TikTok where up. the audience is empty and you're still in the thing and she, yeah. you're like, she's going to sing it. That, that trend that's going around where people are like hanging back at the Taylor Swift concert. They're like, wait, she didn't sing teardrops on my guitar. Um, No, that was me being like, she didn't sing my man um because and I distinctly remember Nicole I don't know if you remember this the finale is teeing up and he leaves and I was like here it comes here it comes and she didn't sing it I was like what happened Lex was so gutted (laughs) I was I literally turned her out loud and was like what about my man and then I looked it up and it was like that was written exclusively for the movie and I was like well shit um Hey, I love Funny Girl. Um, that's my second favorite. Um, I'll I'll go in the same order. Uh, Jessa, how about you? Um, kind of sticking on theme actually with musical kind of biopics. Again, one that like at first thinking about it, I'm like, is this a biopic? I'm like, it 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 is, and that's a uh, tick tick boom. That um, was my number two. <laughs> I literally okay. When I, I made the, when I made the graphic for the episode, <laughs> I was like, okay, I know I have to do Tick, Tick, Boom for Nicole. <laughs> yes. This is beautiful. Okay. So awesome. Jessa also being a Tick, Tick, Boomer. Yes. Tick, Tick, Boomer? Tick, Tick, is Boomer. That tick, tick, Boomer? <laughs> is I'm that dead. the fan base name? It, it is so insensitive, but like, no, and never mind. It's too insensitive. I'm not going to say it. Okay, Jessica, I'm really sorry to Nicole, but now Jessica's the Tick Tick Boomer of the podcast. <laughs> I apologize. No, no, don't. This makes me very happy, actually. Um, yeah, I mostly just watched it because, like, like when it first dropped on Netflix, I mostly watched it. I'm like, I like Andrew Garfield. I like um, Lin-Manuel Miranda. I want to see him do other things besides Hamilton. And... Like, I'm not, like, a Rent head, so Jonathan Larson, I'm like, oh, he made Rent. I saw the movie, like, once, and I'm like, okay, that's that's, that's cool. Um, but I don't know. It was just the whole... I just think the movie was just so beautiful and captivating to watch, and I really like the main theme of just, like, keeping going and believing in yourself and just how creatives just it's hard and they want to keep going. And I think Andrew Garfield just played that character so well. I also absolutely loved uh, Robin de Jesus as his friend, whose name I forget in the moment right now, but Robin de Jesus was probably my favorite character in that movie. And I think it was just really inspiring to see like how two people who are best friends who wanted to be creatives, one still trying to do it is kind of, 
struggling, but really, really believing in himself. And the other is like, hey, this was fun, but now I need to grow up. And there's so many other things going on in his life as well. And I thought it was very beautiful to watch, especially the swimming pool scene with the music notes just like floating everywhere in the water. It gets me like every time. So tick, tick, boom. Yes. For about Jonathan Larson. Like it just, I I kept watching it like once a week after it came out in like November or whatever. (laughs) Very disappointed to not get a best picture nomination. After I saw that editing nomination, I'm like, oh, it's 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 got it now. It's got it now. And then it did it. I'm like, oh. oh god. And I still sorry, Andrew Garfield is my best actor winner of that year. Um, but no, I truly I also think there's something so interesting about the fact that like it is this biopic of Jonathan Larson, but it also has this like autobiographical part to it because of the fact that it is you know derived from the musical that he like wrote about his experiences but then obviously is also this like retrospective look at his life and again I think it's a really good example of one that sort of like it's not this cradle to grave type of biopic it deals with a very specific sort of theme in this person's life and then sort of carries through to telling us about his death because it doesn't come that much after what we're seeing um and it sort of instead of telling things that are like really rooted in fact really instead like plays with the ideas of who this person was um which I think is just amazing and like you said the cast is fantastic and obviously like Jonathan Larson's life was cut short tragically so I think it's also great to see something like this really like paying homage to him and paying homage to the the theater world that he he lived in and um I think that it's one of those biopics too where you can really feel the love that everyone involved has for the person that they're telling the story of and like that's my favorite thing about it is that you you definitely can feel the love that Lynn has for Jonathan Larson through it and obviously like Lynn with his work I think owes a lot to Jonathan Larson Mm -hmm. um So that also gives it this like really fun, um, really meaningful, you know, thing. And and also as someone who's like a year and a half away from turning 30, like I watched that and I was like, whoa, um, yeah, like what am I doing? Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's such a creative imagining of telling someone's life. And again, like, you know, like we were talking about earlier, like, really stretching what a biopic is and Mm -hmm. I think that's so fun and oh my god I'm so glad somebody else had it on their list too (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I also love that it was what with like like you were saying like Lynn was really inspired by Jonathan Larson and Jonathan Larson was really inspired by Stephen Sondheim yeah and oh my god love that it was like either like right before or right after his death when the movie came out and they were still able to get that little like voice clip of him leaving on the answering machine for Jonathan Larson and I was like oh that's really nice like uh, it was such a nice little thing and it's so cool to see like they you know Lynn and and the whole team did so much work into researching Jonathan Larson's life and like if you've seen any of the behind the scenes stuff where they show like actual photos of Jonathan Larson's apartment and then the set and how they look like identical and they got some of the like art pieces and stuff Mm -hmm. like from his parents and like it the the level of detail that they put into it is insane (laughs) like only really a musical person like Lynn could direct it and have it become the way that it was I feel like if you just had still good directors behind it I just don't think it would have ended up the same way I agree I think you know who's given like the best performance in that movie is Vanessa Hutchins's hair 
um, <laughs> during therapy where she's flipping her hair. I'm like, wow, that's some great um, to, to to bring Glee into this again. Um, that's some great hairography. Do you think Austin Butler watched it? I uh, listen. Yes. If I were Austin Butler, I'm sorry. Um, and I watched her in that movie. I'm so sorry. I would have called her and been like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll forgive you for saying uh, that everyone's going to die from COVID, which is sad, but inevitable. Um, funny that the government just used her strategy, though. She predicted that, listen, Vanessa Hutchins <laughs> predicted that oh. woman put out, um, that Sneakers? woman put out sneaker night, <laughs> and so she could do anything. Um, so but dumb. I will say one of my favorite, like, 360 moments of the whole thing was that she was so good that year on the Oscar red carpet. Mm-hmm. And um, when she was interviewing Andrew Garfield, she was so, so happy for him. Like, mm-hmm. she was, like, so overjoyed that he was nominated. And I was like, I love her. Like, I remember yeah. why she became so famous. Like, I don't know. And I really love her in that movie because I'm like, what is she doing here? Like Her character <laughs> like is, is just vibing. Her character yeah, is just, just vibing. straight up vibing. Like, she, just listen, there to vibe. They went to go do therapy and the rent was due. The high school money Wait, her high school I want her were dwindling and she knew what she had to do. I want her <laughs> character to do the line from the Fablemans where she stands up on the table or whatever and she's like, I'm in therapy! <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> If they had casted Vanessa Hudgens instead of Michelle Williams as Mitzi Fable, would have won. I would have been captain of the Let's Get Vanessa Hudgens an Oscar campaign. She would have um, stayed in supporting because Vanessa Hudgens would have been like, it's just an honor to be here. Vanessa Hudgens would be like, the fuck did I get here? Like, yeah, and then she would have won. Then she would have been nominated against uh, the same season as Austin. They what, what would have been. Mind. What we could have had, we had no idea. They paid fifteen thousand dollars or something like that for a rock and Sedona that they vandalized. <laughs> Think of them often. Listen, full disclosure on this podcast: twelve-year-old um, me, eleven-year-old me, however old old I was when um, High School Musical came out, distinctly remembers watching that and being like, "Why do I feel the same way about Gabriella as I do Cat? <laughs> I don't quite get it." Um, I've still so, never seen the first High School Musical. Oh, it's what? iconic. I've only seen the she... second one, and it's because I was, we went to Disney World for my dad had a work conference. He took us with a into Disney World, and High School Musical two came out, and I brought a friend with us, um, and she was obsessed, and she was like, "They're doing this huge thing, Imagine Kingdom for High School Musical two. We got to go," and I was like, "I don't know what you're talking about," and I've literally only seen the second one. So the second one is my least favorite. It's not to say it's bad. Now, here's the thing. In the, oh, in wow. the first movie. I was getting ready to say the second movie. is my favorite. So. In every single movie, Gabriella gets a song about how Troy broke her heart. Yeah. And what I love, the, the thing is, the best one is in the second movie, because what cracks me up about the song she sings in the second movie is that she's literally just going home from work. And she's yep. acting like this is the most dramatic thing in the entire world. But in the first one, they randomly dub her in these weird spots. And so there's moments where you can tell it's Vanessa Hutchins. And then there's moments where it is some random person in the same sentence. And yep. it's so um it's like um Hillary Duff in that movie. In uh yes. in what dreams is are made voice? of. Yeah. Is your voice? 
No, the movie with uh, Aiden from Sex and the City. Oh, Razor oh. Boy. Where she, yeah. where yeah. she thinks like, she, oh. she serves, where he's like, all right, this is worth, ha-. God, I've seen that movie so many times, where he's like, all right, this is worth half your grade. You got to do this little, these scales. And she's all nervous. And she's like, la, 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 la. And then it turns into someone else. And she's like, <laughs> everyone's like, oh my God, she's amazing. That's- and she ends up with going, yeah, yeah. <laughs> A plus. I would have let her win. She just does one of those Hannah Montana transition noises, and uh... that was like an exorcism. No, I'm convinced actually they did use those for the Hannah Montana transitions. They just took a little snip. I swear that yeah, yeah, was used in the Hannah Montana. (laughs) I don't know how we got from tick tick boos to (laughs) Hannah Montana. I will take any opportunity to talk about Vanessa. (laughs) I could do an entire. Coming soon. To you know Oscar what's really funny is the Oscar is the Vanessa Hutchins filmography uh podcast starting me. Down. <laughs> we spent the whole year talking about Elvis, and I don't. I think we only brought up Vanessa Hutchins maybe three times. Maybe three. <laughs> okay, but I did always bring up either Sneaker Night or the Rock and Sedona. That's true. That's true. The Rock and Sedona was your rock. Your rock. <laughs> that that it is my rock. That's all good. I want is to. Is to vandalize a rock in Sedona with Joseph Quinn. That's all I want. That's the point of real estate. No, because then Sedona. you're saying you won't end up together. That's true. That's true. They probably cursed like their relationship by doing that. Yeah. Mm, Do you think right. that like they wish they like kept the rock? Do you think? Well, yeah. like fifty thousand dollars, I'd be like, well, can I just have it? <laughs> like, I bought it. <laughs> Who paid it? Him or her? Stay tuned next week where I investigate fully who paid for this. Get, get Benoit Blanc on the case. This is the plot of Knives Out 3. Shut the fuck up. Sedona Rock is the name. You know what I would, how I would die if <laughs> Knives Out 3 was Benoit Blanc interviewing <laughs> Vanessa Hutchins and Austin Butler about this. But what if, Blanc. what if they played themselves? Yeah, no, they'd have to. I think Austin would not do it, but Vanessa would. She has to, she has to say at some point, like, it's a virus. I get it. I respect it. I do like, think that even Kate if everybody Hudson... gets it, people are going to die, which is like sad, but inevitable. Oscar. I can't. I can't. Oscar. All right. Anyways. I'm moving us onwards. We're second favorite. Um, so obviously I was going to say Tick Boom. But I move on to a different one. Um, but it is also about sort of a, a creative. So I'll stay with our theme here. Um, and much like my first one, it's also one from 2018 that I feel like not a lot of people saw. And it is Colette, um, which is a Kira Knightley Dominic West film. I think it's one of Kira Knightley's like best performances, actually. And I had a couple of biopics to choose from for her. Um I literally have so many options of her in all period pieces. Yeah, because she's my girl. Um, but it is about Sidonie Gabrielle Colette, who was this um author who wrote like the Claudine series, except they were sort of semi-autobiographical about her, but like her husband took credit for them. Um and published them like in his name. And it's a really interesting movie, sort of about her journey towards, you know, being willing to to stand up and stop ghostwriting for him um and 
all the things that they get up to in Paris. And I love anything set in Paris in this time period. Um, and also like it's it's Dominic West, who I adore, and Kira Knightley, who obviously I love. Denise um Gao is in it, and she's amazing. Uh, and it also has Eleanor Tomlinson in it, which is great. It also is like a film about a queer historical figure that like does not base its entire self around being about a queer person, but also is very like open about that person's sexuality, which I really admire. Um, because I feel like sometimes whenever you do get like one of those historical biopics about a queer figure, they like make the sensationalization of that the entire point of the movie. And this, I think, actually deals with it very well and very respectfully. Um, and yeah, it's just honestly some of my favorite, like the thing that I really like about what biopics can do is whenever you have a biopic of a figure who isn't, you know, Winston Churchill or somebody who's or or Lincoln or someone who's like already very well remembered but instead takes a figure that sort of has been a little bit more forgotten in modern culture and can sort of you know provide a, a re-entry point to that person so I really love Colette I highly recommend it to people who haven't seen it which is like a lot of people I feel like um so yeah that's that's my like pitch for everyone to watch Colette also the costumes in it are gorgeous I love Dominic West um, yeah. so much. Uh, yeah. McNutty, just Alzheimer. He him in this list. film. Him in this film, though. Um, I yeah. thought at a Q&A with him and Kira Knightley. Oh, my God. And, like, before the movie ended, and I had not seen it yet, so I was watching it for the first time, and before it ended, he was, like, standing, you know, where, like, the little walkway is, and I could, like, see him, and I was, like, this man has been a crush of mine for literally decades. And I was I like, that. but um, yeah. great film. Great. It's a really great, really great. film from her too. And I love the costumes in it. And the production yeah. design is really great. Right? The product, like the houses that they live in and the apartments yeah. and stuff. They're so I gorgeous. really like it. And they're like, yeah. they feel like unique to like, mm-hmm. because I feel like you when you see, because right now I'm watching Perry Mason and yeah watching that show after Babylon is um a little like I get it you know like yeah. I get it there's not a lot of places to shoot that are that era of um Los Angeles but I feel like Colette makes the film feel very like unique even though we've seen a lot of films set in that time period in those settings and I feel like it doesn't feel yeah. like sets you've seen a million times even if like the bones of it are um that's a great pick and it's a really cool biopic like it's not what you would expect yeah exactly yes I love that um mine is a little different and it is about a man that I don't like but I have to thank him every day of my life unfortunately um Steve Jobs starring Michael Fassbender not the Ashton Ashton Jobs (laughs) um I think that Michael Fassbender losing this Oscar will be one of my villain origin stories. Like, if I become the Joker, that is one of the many reasons. Um, I think that movie is so fascinating, and I love the way it's framed, especially with someone like Steve Jobs, where we all know quite a bit about him. I like the way that it framed his personal life with the career benchmarks of his life, um, especially like the Cube and just so many other things and like watching him evolve is so interesting and I love the use of like all the characters in his story like shaping him or him like just flat out ignoring them and still shaping him 
Um, but I think it's a really great film and I love the dialogue so much. This is when Aaron Sorkin kind of stayed in his lane, you know, like wasn't uh, trying to do too much. And Danny Boyle just knows what he is fucking doing. Let me tell you. Um, Kate Winslet in this movie, Seth Rogen should have gotten an Oscar nomination, but like, what do I know? What do I know? Um, and Michael Stolberg just being so innocent and pure, like we love. But I love a good movie that is like 80s, 90s, 2000s biopics because I feel like they are always so bad. They do not understand how to recapture the 90s and 2000s without being like painfully forced um, because I feel like we're too close to it to not, to not have like a real vintage vibe. But Danny Boyle really understands it. And I also think the costume design team did a really great job of making it not like a costume and just like what Steve Jobs wore looked so natural. Um, but I love this movie so much because it is a movie that is not afraid to make the main character the worst person on earth. And I think that is something that was really important with telling Steve Jobs' story because while holds up iPhone currently podcasting on a MacBook, um, the man clearly did so much for us. I think he clearly had a lot of issues and I think the movie does a great job of not like using his issues to like be like, don't use this product, but kind of like look at what he did for everybody, <laughs> like sacrificed in his real life and with his family. Um, I really love it. I think it's one of my favorite biopic performances of like the modern era. I think Michael Fassbender is amazing and sure, you can be like, he doesn't look like him, but I don't think that's important with a biopic. I could care less if someone looks like someone, if they're able to bring to life that person on screen. And with Steve Jobs, that is someone that we all saw repeatedly get up and make presentations. Um, I think he really captures him. And I think that I love the 90s. I love the 2000s. Like those are my, I'm not a pop culture expert, but I do know quite a bit. And, but those are two decades that are clearly very important to me with pop culture. But I hate watching them because I feel like people don't know how to capture it. And this movie perfectly does. And um, Kate Winslow should have won an Oscar for this. This movie should have three acting wins. It should. I also, I love Steve Wozniak. <laughs> He's just like, and my dad, so my dad, like, worked for Apple for a stretch. And he, my dad knows everything about Apple history, that whole thing. And he made me watch both the Ashton Kutcher and the Michael Fassbender. Which one does he prefer? Um, he prefers the Michael Fassbender um, for multiple reasons, including the fact that Jeff Daniels is in it. And Jeff Daniels is my dad's favorite actor of all time. Um, we saw him in To Kill a Mockingbird on Broadway. And my dad wanted a stage door. My and dad so, was like. Are him and Aaron Sorkin friends? Why am I they have to be the newsroom yeah um, the newsroom like it's yeah um no but uh steve wozniak came to our and my what well, my dad has always said like we give um steve jobs give steve jobs all the credit for everything that steve wozniak did steve wozniak just couldn't sell it um which is true but mm -hmm. um steve wozniak came to our college when um nicole and i's college our freshman year because he gave like convocation or something for the fall and something like that yeah he did this um he did this q a and i asked him like 
Well, I texted my dad and I was like, if you have a question for Steve Wozniak, I will go ask Steve Wozniak your question. And he texted him and he said, I'd like to know what you would consider your world's greatest achievement. And he's like, you know what? Honestly, just finding happiness and like joy and creating a little brightness in the world, I consider my greatest accomplishment. I was like, you pure man. (laughs) Okay, wait, this is really funny because we have never discussed this before. And I just realized that this is like, pre us meeting i think like well before we met but i was there so i definitely like saw you ask that question so there you go you heard steve (laughs) give that adorable little answer and i remember my dad was like i remember that it was very cute my dad was like wow because i recorded it and i sent it to him Um, but yeah and i think seth rogan just did such a good job in that movie seth rogan should have an oscar i'm sorry i'm gonna say it um he Why should, and everybody was, everybody was like, it's for the Fablemans, and I'm like, Steve Jobs is right there. It's right there. I don't understand. I, yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay, final round. Ding, ding, ding. Showdown. Side note, and this time I did look it up. Um. Vanessa Hutchins paid $1,000 for vandalizing <laughs> a rock. Austin Butler paid no money. Megan McCain said that Vanessa Hutchins deserved to be in jail for many, many years. Um. <laughs> And then denied climate change. Anyway, um, round three, final final round of um, biopics. Okay, so none of the ones that I was worried about, like anyone taking, have been said yet. That said, what I would say is my number three, I think someone else in this group might say. So I'm going to be respectful and not say it. But um, if someone doesn't say it, then... Um, I'm Does it have to do with The Rock? No, no. <laughs> My favorite biopic. It's the um, is the one about Vanessa Andres. Um, no. But you know what I mean. The man with the rock. <laughs> that is how I'm referring to Austin Butler from here oh, on. Yeah, out, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my God. Yes, of course. Um, I'm not saying it. Oh, you're not. Well, then I'm gonna say it. Great. Um, <laughs> unless anyone else is gonna say it, but I don't think so. Um, no, my third Go favorite. fourth with your man with the rock. Great. My third favorite. Well, I kept what, thinking Dwayne Johnson. And I was like, Rampage. what biopic has Dwayne Johnson? Which... Well, I learned over the weekend that Rampage with Dwayne the Rock Johnson is a video game movie. <laughs> okay. Um, next week, we'll talk about our favorite Dwayne. Favorite Never favorite stop favorite learning. Rock Johnson um, movies. <laughs> and I'll talk about the game plan. Um, Which is very. <laughs> who's fair god get smart he's been in quite a few good movies actually um no my favorite my third favorite biopic is elvis um which i'm realizing that like all three of mine have to do with like either musical artists or have music in them um and it's just i do love music so much um i actually think i love music more than i love like any other medium of art i just have no musical talent so um and i had this phase i don't know this would have been college i guess i don't really know when i thought it'd be cool and different and be like i only listen to music from the 60s and so i got really into um like the million dollar quartet and a lot of the um artists that came out of sun studios and i know a lot of history about sun studios I've been to Memphis where I toured Sun Studios. I toured Graceland. I just, I've always had a bit of an affinity for Elvis. Um, Obviously, Elvis's history has a lot of 
problematic kind of spots in it um, from where he sourced his music to, you know, a lot of different things that obviously he was no perfect figure. And I went into Elvis, you know, already knowing that like if Baz Luhrmann is attached to something, I'm going to watch it. Um, man, maybe Baz Luhrmann should make the movie about the Sedona rock. Um, that'd be something else. <laughs> I want to hear that soundtrack for that movie. Man, that'd be good. A lot of songs about like, Vanessa Hudgens sing it. Oh my god, it can be a no a duet. A duet. Sneaker nights in it. <laughs> Sneaker night, like how he did yeah. Patrick Bossa Nova. Oh my god. Um, a duet with Vanessa Hutchins and Doja Cat. Man, that'll be fun. Um, but no, I went into Elvis being like, you know, worried that it was gonna glamorize Elvis or like not even necessarily glamorize, but romanticize him and kind of like gloss over some of the more problematic aspects and it does do that to some extent but not on a level that like is unforgivable because I feel like the movie is actually less about Elvis himself and more about the exploitation of Hollywood um and it focuses more on the dynamic between him and um Colonel Tom Parker and that is something that I feel like I mean obviously it was intentional but like isn't talked about when we talk about Elvis's history and so for that um that movie wins a lot of points with me the costume design like I'm still mad it didn't win um I'm still mad it didn't win hair and makeup like I'm still I'm still mad it didn't win I don't think it won a single Oscar did it it didn't win any Oscars yeah no that's not right I'm mostly mad it didn't win best actor it yeah it it's just like don't remind me that we had four amazing nominees and one bad one and one bad bad one one. (laughs) Which is not yeah. a comment on the actor, it's a comment on the film the he was in where anyone comes for us. Um, but yeah, I just really liked Elvis. And also Elvis gave us Backstreet Bossa Nova, which was apparently my most played song on Spotify in March at something like 78 plays. You're gonna get that thing where you're like, you're in the top point percent of people who listen to Backstreet Bossa Nova. Um, I played it this morning on our way back from 6.30 a.m. church for my sister and her boyfriend. And my sister went, it's too loud. And I was like, oh, and I turned the volume down. She's like, no, I mean the song. Like, it's there's too much. She said, it hurts my ears. And I said, you have no taste. Um, anyway. Um, I love this biopic so much because I only saw it because it was Baz Luhrmann. I didn't see it because of Austin Butler. I didn't, all I knew about him was... He was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and the rock thing. And my sister was like, no, he's so hot on Hannah Montana. And I was like, I don't know what you're <laughs> talking about. Um, but I don't like blonde men is the moral of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, but Austin Butler, yes. Uh, but that movie was just so good. Like I could have cared less about Elvis, like nothing about him specifically. It's just like, I only knew really about like the problematic issues. And then- his controversial marriage and then like that he died that was really all I really knew about um and that movie like you said it really focused on something else and I'm a huge lifelong Britney Spears fan and seeing that story of him and Colonel Tom Parker play out while everything was happening with Britney was really like traumatizing honestly because it's just like wow we just like let this happen to celebrities 
um because we think like they would speak up or they would have the ability to and especially someone like elvis who's like known for his voice just like not being able to really like use it for his personal life is really just awful um but i think it's a great movie about pop culture and the entertainment industry and that is not something i ever really expected from an elvis biopic and the performance at the heart of it is just so incredible and i literally never like biopics and i was like this is the best performance of the year um but it is it was so good and i think what i really love about elvis is that like it felt really random like boss lerman is australian i don't i didn't know anything about austin butler but like i didn't know if he would care about elvis but like everyone involved really seemed to like have a true love and understanding of elvis as a person and that's what you need with the biopic. And you could feel that on every level of that movie. And you know who told him to go out for Elvis? Vanessa Hudgens. Vanessa Hudgens. Thank you, Vanessa. Um, no. Where's the footage of his audition tape that they sent in? Because uh, she recorded it. He was in a bathrobe. I need to see it. Is the moral of the story. Also, I... he sang um, Love Me Tender. And that is my parents' first dance at their wedding. Sweet. So my parents also need to see it, is the moral of the story. That's why I will say, it, to me. it has nothing to do with me. <laughs> um, I will say to anyone listening, if you ever find yourself in Graceland, I actually highly recommend that experience for what it is. Um, it's very interesting. Um, if nothing else, you get a self-guided tour with um, narrated by John Stamos. And the way he just very casually drops like, my character, Uncle Jesse, was named after Elvis's dead brother. Anyways, to your right is the kitchen. It's Wait, something... That was the funniest part of Elvis was like the comic book strip about his twin brother dying. I was like, yeah. this is dark. Why are we? His twin brother's name was Jesse and they named Uncle Jesse on Full House after. Um, part of the reason my dad really loved Elvis is because my bro- my dad was a twin and the, the mm-hmm. other one was a stillborn. So my dad really like connected to that aspect of their lives um but it's just like the wildest way to tell that story it's like they just a comic it. book strip and, and, then never, strip and then it never comes back it is such a Boslerman thing like here's this really weird thing and then it never comes back and then he's like an adult wiggling his hips in a pink suit with Xavier Samuel behind him looking so hot I I also know um at Graceland um Wait, they why had... is it John Stamos because he's a like a huge Elvis fan like in real life aren't um, there more famous people that are Elvis fans they should re-record it with Austin Butler they should in the Elvis voice it's probably in the works let's be honest um no re-record it with Vanessa Hutchins um all I know <laughs> is we also have a restaurant at Graceland um First of all, I was like camping with my parents in their RV at Graceland RV Park. We were on Love Me Tender Lane and you could walk oh to Graceland God. from there and um, you could walk to Graceland from there. So we did. And there was a restaurant and I was like, oh my God, they have um, peanut butter banana sandwich. Let me get it. And my mom was like, no, we have peanut butter and bananas at home. And so she wouldn't let me get a peanut butter banana sandwich at Graceland, which I don't think my parents listen to this podcast. If they do, sorry, mom. Um, If you know my mom, that's the most my mom story that I could ever tell. Um, Um, 
I was a little disappointed that that sandwich didn't make an appearance in all this. I won't lie. But I do like that they avoided being like yeah. stereotypical and like getting into like the later years of his life, like yeah. in a negative way. But I just like would like to see that on film, the sandwich. Um, I would like to see him eat. Um, I don't know if anybody's seen what if, but, but I bet you Austin Butler eat. doesn't eat bread. Probably. It's probably right. He's probably, do you think he's tried the Erewhon sushi sandwich? I'm sure he has. I'm sure about it. It's annoying you can't customize it. It's, yeah. I mean, I'm not paying $20 for a sushi sandwich, but that's like besides the point. It's that like, I can't customize a $20 sandwich. If you can pay $1,000 to fix a rock, you can pay $20 for a sushi sandwich. But he did it. That's true. Vanessa did. I I did get to the bottom. He could of that. now though. Now that he yeah, did all, now he uh, all this. So you're telling me that guy didn't earn good residuals from the Carrie Diaries? I'm Listen. <laughs> I You know what? Where is that show streaming? It was on Netflix for a long time. I know. And that Elvis came out and it wasn't anymore. And they were like, like you can't watch I'm trying to hyperfixate and you won't let me. <laughs> like Come on. It's like honestly the opposite with Keanu Reeves right now because all of his movies are on HBO Max and Amazon Prime. Yeah, it's true. I really won. Also, he has a better filmography. I'm so sorry, Austin Miller. I'm so sorry. Um, I will stray from our pattern just a minute just because I know one of us has a heart out, so I just want to be respectful of that and make sure that we all get our top three in. So Jessa, we'll come back to you, even though you've got a great um, streak so far. And we will see if I've seen Nicole's third pick, because I have not seen her other two. So let's see. If I don't I- think you have. So. Well, great. <laughs> um, all right. So for my third pick, I really, I, I'm going to cheat a tiny bit and mention two movies. Um, they are both 2023 releases, and one of them comes out later this month. So I want to like hype it up a little bit. Um, I saw Chevalier at tiff last september i'm obsessed with this movie kelvin harrison jr is amazing in it lucy boyton playing marie antoinette is everything i could have ever asked for and more but also it's the fact that um on my period drama podcast my friend maggie and i literally like several years ago talked about how much we wanted a biopic about joseph bologna who was this like composer violinist in um like pre-revolutionary revolutionary era France um and there's like not that much known about him but he's often referred to as the black Mozart because he is a rare like artistic figure in European history who is black um and they finally made one and it's fantastic everyone it comes out I think April 21st everybody go see it please that's my pitch um but then Kim's knows my my third pick I have to say that it's Emily uh Emily is a stunning directorial debut from Francis O'Connor it's such an amazing film and again really I think as a biopic instead of trying to focus on like recreating this Emily Bronte's life really focuses instead on looking at sort of ideas behind what her artistic inspirations were what she was sort of dealing with in her personal life in terms of setting up things like you know her relationship with her father and her siblings and how she's affected by the death of her mother um 
and it is just visually stunning. The costume and hair and makeup in it are phenomenal. All these shots of like the moors are incredible. I think it's really great how it sort of plays off of the vibes of Wuthering Heights. Um, and also it has like the hottest sex scene I think I've seen maybe ever, but at least in a very long time. Um but yeah, it's it's so good. And I think exactly like what I would want in a biopic about Emily Bronte. And again, one of those biopics where you can really tell that like the people making it truly care about what they're portraying and the person that they're bringing to life. And Emma Mackey is just astounding in the lead role. It's it's such a great performance. And it makes me so excited to see like what Francis O'Connor is going to do next as a director. Um, but yeah, as a as a strong Weathering Heights girly, um, Emily is everything I ever wanted and more. I love this movie so much. Well, you're right. I've not seen a single pick <laughs> of your, but I will for my boy David Tennant. I will see Mary Queen You yeah. better watch Emily. Yeah, oh, I watch Emily. It comes to VOD, I think, this week. Can I tell you? I live in Charlotte, North Carolina, which is like a, a bigger city. It's my mom reminds me all the time. It's the 15th largest city in the country. Um, yeah. There was not a single showing of Emily yeah. anywhere. Well, yeah, I will it, say, even in LA, soon. even in LA, it was in theaters for like a week. Like it was barely yeah. in theaters. Like, and then I was like, oh, at least it'll come VOD soon. And then it's literally been three months. Like, I don't understand. But then, you know, like Creed 3 was in theaters for a week and they're like VOD next week. And I'm like, what what is the state of this industry? Um, but I love Emily so much. It is just so good. You can listen to our last podcast where all I did was talk about it. Fantastic. Um, well, I wish I had more to say, but unfortunately, <laughs> I've not seen any of Nicole's picks. I've already worn out my David tenant sidetrack and none of the picks had a way for me to make it about Vanessa Hudgens so um unfortunately um I have no further commentary like Jessa the 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 floor is yours I yield my time to Jessa you better check (laughs) one of the boxes Vanessa Hudgens or David um oh gosh like, uh my favorite biopic is actually a series it's captain the great on hbo and i'm like let me tell you about joseph quinn <laughs> well to go off nicole i'm so excited that you said chevalier uh was good because i saw that trailer back in like october and like i didn't know it was based on a real person or anything like that i'm just like that seems interesting i'm in so i've been looking yeah. forward to that movie like since I saw that trailer. It's so good. I'm so excited for people to like finally see it. <laughs> um, but I guess my third favorite, again, another weird one that sometimes I go back and forth with is Catch Me If You Can. Um, it's telling the story of Frank, uh, I can never say his right, name right, Abing- Abingdale. Abingdale. Um, yeah, directed by Steven Spielberg. It has Tom Hanks and Leonardo DiCaprio. And again, just another one that I think it's just really fascinating in a way because it's very funny. And I don't think a lot of biopics are super funny. They're just very like to the point. We want to tell the story of who this person is or what they did. 
And this one just makes me laugh. And I think it's just very entertaining. I think it's really good for general audiences as well. And just seeing a younger Leo just play off of Tom Hanks and being like all suave and cocky. And they're just like Tom Hanks just trying to catch after him for the FBI. I don't know. I just think it's so much fun. It's one that I can easily just turn on and have a good time with. I think that's one of my favorite Leo performances mm-hmm. ever. I think he's so loose in that movie. Him and Tom Hanks have great chemistry. That's one of my favorite Spielberg movies. Yeah. I love that movie so much. And that is such a good bio. Truly great picks. Thank you. Really, <laughs> really. Lex, our Spielberg resident minus the Fablemans. Um, no, I thought that was, that's a great pick. That's a, I'm sorry. This isn't a competition, but I just made it one. And if it was just a one, three very solid picks. Thank you. Um, and um, yeah, no, I love Catch Me If You Can. Um, and honestly, I love the musical, even though um, not a lot of people do. Um, but I what's what's funny is I feel like Catch Me If You Can would have been my number four. Um. In fact, if Kenzie had said Elvis, like I was really sure she was gonna, means I don't know Kenzie at all, my bad. <laughs> but um, I probably would have said Catch Me If You Can. Um, it's 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 so good. It's one of the best Leo performances. It's probably my favorite Tom Hanks performance. Um, and honestly, also my favorite Amy Adams performance, to be quite to be quite real. Um, she's really good in that movie. Um, it's yeah, that's great pick. Great pick. Everybody here has immaculate taste. I haven't seen any of Nicole's movie, but I'm sure immaculate taste. Do you know what my number three is? Well, if it's not Elvis. I feel like it's something that as soon as you say it, I'm going to be like, oh, of course it is. Yeah. I'm, mm, can I have a hint? Okay. It is her day. The lead actress. It's her birthday. Is it Spencer? Yes. Oh. I had a moment where I was like, I thought you said it was, you said it was a woman. Well, when you said is it uh, about Jesus, well, it when is you were about like, Jesus. Day, I was it like, is Mary Magdalene with <laughs> Rooney Mara? No, I was like, did they make a Lady Gaga biopic? <laughs> or was it was like House of Gucci? Can you imagine if there's a Lady Gaga biopic? She would play it herself. She would. Can you imagine if someone had said House of Gucci? It was, it was so close like on paper it's there it's just the movie itself um no but Spencer um I was really torn between um I'm not there and Spencer Mm. but Spencer is just everything to me as I was talking about love the 90s um but Princess Diana I was so I wasn't a fan of the last season of The Crown. I'm so sorry, Elizabeth Debicki and Dominic West. Like, I love you, but that that season was just the way they handled Tampax Gate, though. Okay, listen, it could have been better. Like, infinitely, but it wasn't bad. But it wasn't bad. Is the thing I was so worried about it, and it wasn't bad. It just wasn't everything I wanted. But the thing is, they have to be like reverent. Not- yeah, so it's like it was a little tricky, but I did love the way they handled it a lot. I won't lie, when that happened, I literally I was alone. I was eating a Yorkshire pudding, and I went. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, 
I also just like it was really funny because I was so stressed that Josh O'Connor wasn't doing tampon gate that when like it was Dominic West I literally when they cast him because remember he was never confirmed they never did like a like they always do those little like posts like the crown is so honored to welcome they never did it for Dominic West so like until they were shooting I did not know if it was really Dominic West or if Variety was lying to me and um once I saw picture of him the first thing I yelled was he's doing the tampon call and um I was really blessed that I got to hear that in his audio I will say though what I would give to have seen that with Josh O'Connor the thing is we lost <laughs> but like it wasn't like we lost at what cost like we got to yeah. hang out of it but it's just we like, did still get something but yeah Dominic West is just so hot um yes. like if he said that to me I'd be like sure yeah literally I'm like, I was like I was like the thing is when you think about Prince Charles yeah. saying it you get the ick but if you think about Dominic West saying it exactly like, yeah buddy <laughs> <laughs> like, I, it's I don't no know longer how. as bad you know I don't know SNL will sometimes do that bit where it's like oh bet you didn't know all these people auditioned for this movie and it's like they the cast is showing off what impressions they can do. They should do like, oh, bet you don't know who auditioned for Prince or King Charles, and, and have them just, read that. Have them read the tampon call. I will pay SNL personally. A Let me thousand dollars. The list. Okay, so Austin Butler, Joseph Quinn. <laughs> Joseph Quinn yeah. I really want to hear <laughs> Oscar Reed. Isaac. Say Oscar <laughs> Isaac. But see, I also want to hear someone that like. I want to hear like Seth Rogen, like. <laughs> But, I want to hear Jonah Hill do it. <laughs> I don't want to hear Jonah Hill do it. I, I don't. No, because I, I, I want to be able it. to have, like, I want to be able to hear, like, the worst it could be. I and only, then, like, the best I it could only be. need the good ones. Like, Pedro Pascal, for Pedro. sure. Okay, you know who I would honestly like to hear say it? Brian Cox. It's his day. <laughs> <laughs> Why did Lex mute herself when I said Brian Cox? <laughs> Sorry, I got this idea. Well, no, I muted myself when he said Pedro Pascal because I was like driving <laughs> in the best way in like a anyway. um, um, he's panting. I like I want um no, I thought of somebody and then Kenzie threw me off. Like, yeah, I do want the like I want Austin Butler, Joseph Quinn, Pedro Pascal. I want all those, but like I want like Jack Black. I want to hear Jack Black's <laughs> as Bowser? Yes. <laughs> Michael Sarah. <laughs> Michael Shannon? I would love my- Michael Shannon's on my list. Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. And then um we gotta add the other one, Michael Keaton. The um, old man trifecta. Wait, I want to hear Adam Driver too. Oh, Adam Driver for sure. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like hell yeah, baby. <laughs> and you know what? Like let's not let's not stop with men. Like we can Colin have Colin Farrell. Vanessa Hutchins. Dakota Johnson. Dakota Johnson. Johnson will pull that off for sure. Kristen Tessa Stewart Thompson could say it, and it, it wouldn't matter. I'd Kristen like, Stewart right. doing it would be poetic. She would be too nervous to make it like sexy, though. You know, yeah, yep. like she'd be too nervous. Um, we need to put her like fully in character her for her to be able to do it. Well, would she do it as Bella Swan? Swan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would Robert Pattinson do it as Edward? I want to see him do it as Edward, um, as Cedric Diggory, Edward, and as the Batman. Edward the can't Batman. say that he wants to be Bella's tampon because then I know that's not how that's gonna work. You know who I would need to hear is Jasper because he'd be like, in his like <laughs> southern accent that he decided to have this for clips. 
It kills me when in Eclipse when he's suddenly like, I was in, I fought in the Civil War and bet y'all didn't know this because I've not talked for two movies, madam. <laughs> he's teaching her how to fight and he's like, never, never underestimate the enemy. It's always behind you. I like when he's training the werewolves. Like, where did this come from? <laughs> I love that this spawn from Spencer. Um, <laughs> well, the way we were able to make this about tampon gate and twilight it's twilight yeah. you didn't impressive. want brand you didn't really talk about twilight new moon though <laughs> listen <laughs> give me a platform you give me 20 minutes i'll talk about twilight new moon how is it a biopic who is it about um obviously um michael Sheen. jacob mm, jacob no you're right twilight new moon it's... is jacob's biopic that's Do why you know- it's I it's it kills me. That's your favorite one. It's the best one. It's literally the worst one. No, I Eclipse also do one. think it's the best one. Eclipse I is, hate Eclipse it. is the worst one. And yeah. then so I Eclipse, hate New Moon. I hate Jacob so much. I and do like too. the first time I saw Fifty Shades and I realized who the Jacob character was, I was like, yeah. Yeah. No, I hate Jacob too. But see, it's this thing though where it's like it kills me. Like, I laugh. I laugh that, God, first of all, that one gives you Bella, where the hell have you been, Loka? That also gives you the scene where she's like, Jake, you're my best friend. And he's like shirtless and has short hair now. And he's like, no, Bella, like, I'm a, I'm a wolf. And then, um, God, I could dissect this movie till I the cows come home. I love when, making Spencer about Twilight Moon. Uh, the best hobby. No, when Edward calls and is like, where's Captain Swan? And Jacob's like, oh, I'm about to be real sick. And he's like, "Uh, he's not here. He's planning a funeral. Knowing that Edward thinks Jake or that Bella's dead. He knows what that, he knows what he's fucking doing. I also love um, Robert Pattinson's performance in that moment, though. He because smashes the bone. He is so, so dramatic. When like, he's walking no- out of the like Vatican and he's taking his shirt off really slowly. Remember um, the rumors that his abs were airbrushed? Yes. And it was hotly debated in my high school. I just, no. I love the vibes. I love the soundtrack of that one. I love that like we established that Jacob's the worst. Um, the scene where he leaves her in the woods and she just collapses the I fact really that she think- gets a paper cut, a paper cut, and it's just like, uh, paper cut. And then Jasper's like, Also, can we talk about how much she bleeds, though, from said paper for cut? For a tiny little paper cut? It's so much blood. It's like, like, so much. And I'm like, that, no. It's so, um, so good. I love that movie so but much. But I will say, watching Twilight New Moon, it is apparent that she would be an Oscar nominee one day. Oh, of course. Um, No, I... I've always really loved her. She's in um, an adaptation of another book that was quite popular in my middle school um, called Speak. Uh, I don't know if anybody saw that, um, but quite a dark book they made us read in like seventh grade. Not sure what was up with that, um, but she's so good in that movie. And I was always kind of like waiting for the performance for her. Um, she has so many like personal shoppers. She's so great in, um, but she is just so incredible in Spencer like truly Princess Diana means a lot to me as it does for many 
women and people my age um but literally daisy my daughter has a princess diana beanie baby in every size because i still have them um yeah she has one that's allegedly like a billion dollars it's not it's It's not that you have to have like one of the first like 100 or something they have like a different tag or something so i'll never know my my mima rest in peace was one of those people that when Princess Diana died, she went and bought every commemorative Princess Diana thing. Because she's like, this is going to be worth real money one day. And then not a thing was like, I remember she had this. My mom has like a thing of like all the newspapers from like Mm. major events. And like she has a bunch of things from Princess Diana's death. I I just remember my mom had a porcelain Princess Diana doll and it kind of freaked me out. And it was in her guest room where I slept. That is so scary. But I Pablo Laurent is just so I don't know he makes such a good like horror adjacent biopic like it's so like terrifying um but the Anne Bolin like overlays are just so great and I want um, his Anne Bolin like biopic now I really think it would be so great and I know that Natalie Portman like teased him about it because he was like working on Spencer while they were like promoting Jackie and um it's so funny to me because she's in like the worst adaptation of that story ever um but like I don't know it's just so good he it's so crazy he's like really able to like understand her from like everything I've read about her as like a real person like I love the scene where she gets lost and asks for directions it's just so great um but I think he really handles like eating disorders and just like her anxiety of being in that family so well and the score is so great and Kristen Stewart just truly gives like one of the best performances of that year and it's just so crazy and she barely got nominated um and the cinematography of that movie is just it's insane it is such a like ghost story but not I don't know it feels so lived in and like it really feels like even though it's very upfront about it being a fable that it really just honors her character and like everything she really wanted to be known for which is like simply just being a mother and like being a normal person um and I think that's really like inspiring to see a filmmaker not really like take advantage of her as a person um I don't actually think we've really seen that many of that because I don't think like things that are mean about her as a person really take off um and I do think the crown at least was trying to be respectful of her it's just like I don't think they really like tapped into her as like what she could have been and I think that um Spencer really shows like she had a full life ahead of her of being a mom and that was all she really cared about and um I don't know it shows her as like a free spirit but still being restricted by her severe anxiety and like mental issues that were like super heightened by that family um and I just I don't know. It's so good. And I love the scene with the pool table and her and Prince Charles. It's so good. Um, it's a movie movie. It's a movie <laughs> movie. Also, the costume design in that movie is just exquisite. Like, not just the gowns, but, like, her in the jeans and the cardigan is so good. Her blazers yeah. are so good. Um, And, like, obviously we know her for her fashion. Like, not even just her gowns, but, like, her casual wear. Like, we all wear oversized sweatshirts and biker shorts because Princess Diana wore biker shorts and oversized sweatshirts. Like, queen, literally, yep. should have been. Um, But I really love that movie, and I think that Kristen Stewart giving that performance makes it that much better. And also, her accent is incredible. I don't think people talk about it enough. I think that, like, everyone just 
makes fun of her in Twilight, even though that's literally the way Bella is written. I don't understand what you wanted from her. Um, but yeah, I love Spencer so much. And um, she should have won the Oscar. She should have. I will go down I on agree. that trip. All right. I gotta run. Bye, Nicole. Um, but this has been swell. This um, has been swell. This has say been- it like say it like Kristen Stewart and Spencer. I could never even attempt that level of of genius. Um, but I yeah, okay. Read Lex's last text in <laughs> the accent. I'm I'm leaving on that note. <laughs> what are you going to do? Turn into a pair of knickers? <laughs> no, I think what kills me is the oh, darling. Um, if anybody wants the transcript to the tampon call, Lex has it readily available. <laughs> I googled it okay I just googled it um because I couldn't remember exactly what he said because I knew and he always said something about Tampax um, did Tampax use this in their marketing because I would have sort of um my luck to be chucked down a lavatory and go on and on forever swirling around on the top never going down and she says oh darling that's that's some hot stuff some hot stuff anyways on that note this has been the um biopic um square down showdown um wait jesse you said your third right yes okay good <laughs> i got all distracted thinking about sedona and tam tampax <laughs> game i can't just want to make sure i didn't skip you um yeah uh but this has been our biopic um showdown um this has been a really fun conversation um jessa it's been so lovely having you um yes thank you for time. having me Oh my god, of course. Um, in the meantime, where can people find you on the internet? Um, I am heyj7 on Letterbox and Instagram, uh, jevahey7 on Twitter, and then Gavin with Jessa at YouTube and TikTok, because I can't have the same username for all things, because I'm that kind of a person, I guess. So. I I feel you. Um, having a very generic name, I run into that issue all the time. Um, Kenzie, where can um, people find you? You can find me at Kinsvenunu on everything except Letterboxd. I am at Kins Doyle because they won't let you change your username. Nice. Um, I'm not even going to say my Letterboxd because, again, the last movie I reviewed was Spree. <laughs> and I've seen many movies since then. Um, <laughs> Wait, that's so funny because you watched Spree today. Today. So it seems like you're relevant. Yeah, I know. Um, awesome. Twilight New Moon, Spree, and Geppetto. Those are my big three. Um... <laughs> why didn't you talk about geppetto as a biopic well i should well i should have um like i said any movie is a biopic if it's a biopic of a fictional character here's how john wick is a biopic Here's, i mean listen it is the story of geppetto it is his life if so, someone killed my dog i would turn into john wick oh if someone killed my dog i'd turn into john wick for sure the thing is i don't even need the backstory of it being like his wife who died gave him the dog so he could live on like i don't need that backstory if you touch my dog i would murder everyone i love that the body count is like 143 or something in the fourth movie alone yeah like he's up to like 500 because of his dog (laughs) incredible that that is icon (laughs) behavior for sure I um, but you can find me um if you want to if you listen to this and you're like i never want to hear from this woman again i don't blame you um but if you want to uh, my handle is at lex willie w-i-l-l-i underscore 
Um, and my TikTok is at Lexi, where I perform Into the Woods as every single character. Um, thank you for joining us um, on another episode of the Oscar Central Podcast. Um, join us next week. And until then, have a good one.